Drowned by Alexis Pauline Gums Chapter 1 Listen How can we listen across species, across extinction, across harm? How does a collocation the practice many marine mammals use to navigate the world through bouncing sounds change our understandings of vision and visionary action. Is social media already a technology of bounds, of throwing something out there and seeing what comes back? This is where we start our trans-species communion opening a space to uplift the practice of listening even more than the practice of showing and proving and speaking up. Listening is not only about the normative ability to hear, it is a transformative and revolutionary resource that requires quieting down and tuning in. Once upon a time, there was a giant sea mammal who weighted up to 23 tons, swimming in the Bering Sea. In 1741, a German naturalist discovered Itradamalis gigas, swimming large and looks at least three times bigger than the contemporary manatee. Within 27 years, the entire species was extinct killed on thousands of European voyages for fur and seal skin. So she knows what we know. It is dangerous to be discovered. Twenty-seven years. Who else could only tolerate twenty-seven years among Western humans? Jimi Hendrix, Jean-Michel Basquiat, even Amy Winehouse and Kurt Cobain. 27 years is such a short time. How do we mourn and survive the violence of being known? How does capitalism so quickly destroy what took billions of years to evolve? What do we know about this sambangulate mammal related to elephants and aardvarks. She had blubber and was hunted for it. They say she couldn't sing. The only sound was her breathing, but she could hear for miles and miles and miles. What a loss for listening. How can we honor it, the archive of your breathing? Some say your death was only incidental. You were so conveniently located on the favorite path of sealers and fur traders between Russia and North America. Those 27 years were like a gold rush, fueled by the desires of fashionable Europeans for fur hats and coats. A fashion trend sparked by colonizing North America a supposedly endless supply of fur. They were on their way to get seal skin and fur. 
they would kill you and eat you during the journey there. Does that make anyone feel better? Keep anyone warm? That your extinction, the first known extinction of a marine mammal caused by humans, was collateral in the pursuit of other deaths? Oh, you rat mermaid, what are you teaching us about bread? Oh, massive vegetarian, what do we do now that our listening is that much smaller? I think we are more than evidence of the deadliness of a world in which skin is for sale at a premium. I think you are more than another testament of the stark implication of Europeans, European voyaging. More than an indictment of the race, more than the folly of a dominant way of living that changes the planet quickly, thoughtlessly, forever. More than the deadliness of an incitable hunger born of changing, chasing things other than substances. That hunger outlived you. I feel it chasing me too. What can I do to honor you now that it's too late? I would honor you with the roughness of my skin, the thickness of my boundaries, the warmth of my own fat. I would honor you with my quiet and my breathing, my listening further and further, out and in. I would honor you with the slowness of my movement, contemplative and graceful. I will try to be like you, even though they say it's out of fashion. I will remember you, not by the name written in the possessive of the only of the one they say discovered you after generations of indigenous relationship. I will say, once upon a time there was a huge and quiet swimmer a plant-based, rough-skinned listener, a fat and graceful mammal. And then I will be quiet, so I can hear your breathing. And then I will be breathing, and you will remind me, do not rush. And the time in me will hush. And then we will be listening for real. In the past 20 years, bioacoustic scientists have spent a lot of time listening to different populations of Indo-Pacific bottlenose dolphins. These dolphins, like most dolphins, know something about intentional sound, about when to use high frequencies to find out where they are and when to use low frequencies to reach you across this increasing ambient noise. Echolocation and communication overlap but they also diverge. Sometimes the sounds I make are about measuring my surroundings. Sometimes there is something I need to tell you. Usually it's both. Dolphins 
use the fat in their foreheads to modulate their biosonar listening which sounds about as elegant as what I do with you. Sometimes I feel like I'm communicating with you underwater. The impact of what I say outlives what I learned by saying it. And the ambient noise grows louder and the ocean is heating up and I need you to know where the bottom is, what will feed us, how close are the sharks. Sometimes my best guess echoes back to me like a slap in the face and I remember I know nothing. This fat forehead needs you and all your guesses too in this dynamic space. Which is to say I'm humbly listening and I am learning to take responsibility for my frequencies. I can lower them to reach you. I can reflect before I speak out. Echolocation is not the same as mind reading. Some of this magic is just the complexity of being a mammal alive in sound. I can hear what I cannot see, yet. I can make a whole world of resonance and live in it, swim through it, reflecting you. Whistle, click if you can feel that I am here. They say, river dolphins don't leap as much as dolphins in the ocean. Because of turbid flows of rushing water, they do not trust their eyes. Their eyes grow small. Echolocation becomes crucial. Their listening becomes more nuanced. They become experts of shape and shape themselves to become narrow, reaching forward like the river. River dolphins all over the world, in the Ganges and Amazon rivers for example, are not close genetic relatives, but they are remarkably physically similar. They have grown common forms due to their common circumstances. Have you grown that way, Riverine? In a context that moves so quickly that looking as it tells you almost nothing. Are you evolving a deeper way of listening where you are? Could we become students of shape precise enough to move with the grace and flexibility our circumstance requires even though your river is not my river? I am amazed by how much listening can do how quickly it becomes less important to be seen, to leap, to soar. And those who study river dolphins know it too. Don't bother looking for these teachers who will rarely jump or splash. You have to listen for them, try to hear them breathe. I breathe in shape. I shape my days while land counters me at two sides. I shape my breath to wind through winding paths ahead. I shape my head to fit the purpose of my breath. My breath is a prayer, the shape of life 
evolving name. All I can see is just the blur that says life moves. I stay in prayer and reach to listen for your breath. There is a dolphin found only on the shores of Aotearoa that the Maori sometimes call Tupupu, which also means to rise up, to toss and turn, to be seriously ill. Word is Maori meteorologists have been studying this dolphin for centuries to gain insight about the weather what we might have to endure and how soon and should we go out to see or stay in and will the sky fall on us yet and where where will the wind take us western scientists have classified the leaping of tupupu in three ways horizontal vertical and noisy Noisy means you land on your side, on your back, on your belly. You rise up, toss and turn, and for a moment when you fall, the ocean is a drum. And someone is listening, because how you move, how you land, is a sign of the weather to come. And you rise up, and you fall loudly, and you toss and turn. And something about this climate makes you sick, doesn't it? And I am listening too, because of what you do and its direction, how you fall and the sound, where you go and how quickly. These tell me something about what is coming in a sky I cannot see yet. And I love you for all of your splashing, what you did with your body, how you made it a drum and I say your play and your thrust are prophetic and I say your name is a verb a demand and I offer my days to your urgent instruction the weather is changing yes I understand <laughs>